Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And good afternoon, friends. Or good late morning, friends, I guess. Hello, friends. It's Phil Nance. Uh, who's doing the U.S. Open this weekend, by the way? So it's on USA Network. Peacock. The first couple rounds. Had it yesterday. Okay. Like who's do, well, but who's USA Network doing and it Peacock. Or who's calling it? So MB, NBC is doing Dan it, right? Hicks, yeah. Dan Hicks. Yes, and it was on in primetime last night, too. To That's the up. best part about these West Coast tournaments. Like, oh, this is in L.A. So the if you're watching in the Midwest, you get it's primetime, baby. We're going to be watching the final round at like 7 o'clock at night on Sunday. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to get enormous ratings, and they're going to talk about how to replicate this, although there's no way. Hawaii. Go play in Hawaii. Because the last time, (laughs) I want to say when it was in, what what course was it at about four or five years ago? Same thing, I think, out in in the Bay Area? There was definitely, well, 10 years ago, there was one, uh, was it Chambers Bay in Washington? Oh, that was a mess. And that was, that? Wasn't that Fox's first ever yeah, major? Yes. Yes. And that's the one that Royce was going apoplectic because the course looked so bad. The greens looked like they were aerated or, yes. or something. This right? course, you guys, you guys, you boys told me this was, this was going to be tough. I'm looking at the score sheet last night. Holy cow. Eight yeah. Under. We had our guy, our guy, Ricky Fowler. Where'd that come from? And then was it Shoffley that also shot a 62? Yes. So, Two guys. <laughs> but the Where'd U.S. Open, from? when that happened, because sometimes you never know, like on the first day, the U.S. Open will come in, and they will put the clamps on that course today. It's going to be so a bloodbath. I, I didn't know about this until I saw something on Twitter this morning. I didn't realize that Hugh Hefner's Playboy Mansion is right behind the 14th hole. Oh, is it? I didn't know and, that either. <laughs> and, Hef, and Hef, for years, tried to join this country club. They wouldn't allow him. But what he did do was he built a zoo with, like, monkeys and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the zoo is still there, and so yep. like when you're teeing off on 14, there's a bunch of chimps going. Yeah, there's a famous episode of Entourage that involves that exact scenario where Turtle and Drama and uh, the Karate Kid, uh, Machio, uh, oh, uh, both Drama and Machio are banned from the Playboy Mansion on Playboy Mansion night because they were they tried to set free the monkeys, and then they realized <laughs> it was Pauly Shore who let the monkeys out. There's your little entourage up god you're good the more you know yeah. that's good the more you know and now turtle from entourage might start doing a daily yeah. radio show on wfan in new york mind oh, explosion wow. so uh welcome into a live feedback friday here on minnesota sports with mackie and judd the score north youtube channel 
Um, just a shout out real quick here to our friends over at Burnsville Heating and Air. So they are hiring. And uh, if you're a fast learner looking for a job change, or maybe maybe you're searching for a great summer job, or you're a recent college grad, whatever the scenario is, Burnsville Heating and Air is hiring full-time jobs throughout the seven-county metro area and western Wisconsin. So, and, and if you've never worked with HVAC systems before, that's fine. You get great training from their pros to help set you up for success. Apply now at BurnsvilleHeating.com and click careers, BurnsvilleHeating.com and click careers. Okay, uh, before we get into some of the feedback here, and there are some twins-related things, I just want to ask on behalf of, I guess I'm going to batch the first group of feedback into my Twitter mentions, which is, what the hell happened at Target Field last night? Old Macadac had a good time at the ballpark and stuck around for the T-Pain concert. Hell yeah. And like twelve or I think probably twelve or 13,000 people stuck around for that thing. But uh, you got, so Sonny Gray is pissed at Rocco. Uh, Jorge Lopez gets shelled again. In yep. the late innings, the Twins' offense stopped doing anything after, like, 45 minutes. So, I mean, let's start with the Sonny Gray thing. He's always, pretty much since he's been here, he's been kind of mad about the the short leash, right? And last night, he wanted to pitch through some of his struggles. So, what yep. did you make of that? So, first of all, I would like to say this. This is a conversation, okay? This is a conversation. Um, I love Twitter. I really do. But everything on Twitter, because it's microwave conversations, just jumps to takes. And this this conversation actually deserves some fleshing out, okay? Because I can see both sides of this debate. Like, I get both sides. I'm not assessing blame. But it was very interesting. And I'm about to say something that's going to shock both of you. Oh, no. Kudos to Bally Sports North. Oh, wow. Kudos to Bally Sports North. Give me the song. Because when they came back from break after Rocco and Sonny had had what looked to be probably a not-too-pleasant discussion in the dugout about Sonny being taken out, four innings, 79 pitches, three hits, two runs, up 4-2, four, four walks, which was the problem partially, three strikeouts. When they came back from break and it was clear that Gray was being taken out, they showed the, the discussion. And it was a very sort of odd thing in the sense that Rocco went to, I wouldn't say confront him, but tell him. And Sonny no. looked like he wanted to get like by Rocco, like he didn't want to stand there and take this. And Rocco sort of positioned himself to be in front of Sonny to explain to him exactly why he was going to come out. And unfortunately for Baldelli, starting with Moran in the fifth, the bullpen puked up the league completely and they lose eight to four. And Sonny postgame, I thought, was marvelous because, first of all, he was incredibly frustrated. Second of all, to his credit, he took blame. He's like, I'm not pitching well. I need to find out what's wrong. So he was not, like, just blaming Baldelli. And these were off Audra Martin's questions, so they weren't pointed questions. Uh, Gray was just, no, but, 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 I mean, they weren't trying to stir up the pot. No, I'm trying, no, 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 I'm trying to explain this. I'm not being a dick. I'm not being a dick. I'm... I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to explain that she was asking questions that everyone wanted an answer to, but she wasn't trying to get him to melt down. She wasn't. Her... She wasn't being confrontational. Or yeah, anything. she was not yeah. trying to be like, "Well, you got lifted. How do you feel about it?" She was asking about right. his state of mind, which were good questions. But anyway, he took it in a direction he clearly wanted to, and talked about frustration with himself, with putting guys on base. 
and he was the frustration was boiling. And what his point was, I just want a chance to battle through it. I yeah. wasn't pitching well, but I wasn't giving up a ton of runs. I, I believe the Tigers in the fourth had loaded the bases with nobody out. He got a double play ball and then a strikeout. And so he was basically appealing for, I just wanted the chance to keep going. Now, just quickly, I will say, I he might be wrong. He might be right. I'm not trying to take sides here. But it was a fascinating exchange to watch with a veteran pitcher who had just seen a bullpen, who at that end of the bullpen has a tendency to be leaky at times, and where where it will land, I do think that there is no chance in God's green earth Sonny Gray returns to the Twins next season. Yeah, well, yeah, this is not the first time that he has rolled his eyes or been upset, or or and I do think he handled it pretty diplomatically. He didn't like go after Rocco in his nope. post game. Nope. He even he 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 mentioned the struggles, and then he said, "I would have liked to stay in the game and pitch through it, but that didn't happen." So instead of saying, "But he wouldn't let me," he he's he's a pro man. Like he he's kind of a hothead, but he's super competitive. I like having him on this team, and even with his struggles, it's not a train wreck. Okay, so you're that was one of his worst games of the year, and he still only gives up two runs in four innings, and his pitch count was at seventy nine. He could. They've let him go over 100 pitches twice this season. They didn't do it at all last year. So I guess where I would maybe even argue on behalf of the Twins is if this is an issue about Gray feeling like he's getting squeezed on a regular basis, getting pulled from games, they have given him two starts of over 100 pitches this year. He's already had two starts of of seven complete. He only had three all of last year. So, like, it's definitely a little bit of a tighter leash than other organizations. But I think he's being allowed when he's pitching well to go deep into games and the discussion as you're, as you're saying, the discussion is more in that gray area of if he's not pitching particularly well, but he is your best starting pitcher. Does he deserve? And should the bullpen maybe even like get the, the breather of him going another inning or two and fighting through it? Like that's where the, the, the nuanced discussion lies. Yeah. I, I personally, think mm-hmm. this was a pretty moronic move by Rocco to pull him. Um, as of right now, and, and you can take this as you will, there are only, let me do a quick math here, one, two, three, eight pitchers in the American League who have better AL Cy Young odds than Sonny Gray right now. And he wasn't sharp yesterday, for sure. He wasn't sharp. He was walking guys. He had like a 30-pitch inning. He for sure wasn't his Cy Young-like self. But the bullpen isn't good. You have a bulldog on the mound. He's at 79 pitches. Like what in what stratosphere would you pull one of the guys who's been one of the best pitchers in the American League? Because hey, we have we have a spreadsheet here, we have a system, we're gonna stick to it. Like, no, let one of the best pitchers in the AL shove here. You're not pulling Dylan Bundy. If Dylan Bundy put up this stat line last year, okay. You'd probably take it, actually. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, you would too. And then you one, guys would defend it. him and I would rip him. <laughs> but they don't have the bullpen either to some uh, right now to to make this happen to them to pitch five extra innings outside of Durant. So I thought it was a moronic decision. You've got to let one of your best pitchers work through it. Pretty dumb in my opinion. Well, and like to that point too, about just letting one of your best pitchers work through it. Sometimes I don't know if managers think this way, but sometimes it seems like, okay, the starting pitcher is struggling. You have to take him out and go to the bullpen because the bullpen, the bullpen is guaranteed to pitch clean innings. Like, that's the thing. If if you had a lights out bullpen, no brainer. Hey man, it's not your night. Whatever. Maybe it's your night next time around. 
Right. But when you know that there's, you're just putting landmine after landmine out there, when you bring Jorge Lopez into a game, like it's a landmine right now. And you, you know, how many really reliable relievers do they have outside of Duran? So would you rather have Sonny Gray out there kind of at like 70 to 75% of his peak performance or roll the dice now on, let me do the math, five innings of relief pitchers in a bullpen that doesn't have a lot of reliable options. So from that standpoint, I probably just let him go up to like 95 or 98 pitches. If he gets me an extra two innings, great. Now I don't have to run five different relievers out there or four different relievers out there. I would prefer to give him the fifth to to preclude Lopez from pitching the eighth. I, I've got more faith that Gray can yep. shove through, get through the fifth, and now I go Moran in what? The sixth? Lopez in the seventh? Because the thing about it is, and I don't get this, a couple, I think the last couple home games, if I'm not mistaken, Lopez has pitched in, they've brought him back. And that's where he starts to struggle and scuffle. And last night, again, we, we saw that. And that game, for for Moran's struggles, that was a 5-4 game. So, like, you would have had a chance. But now it's 8-4, and you're pretty much dead. Yeah. And I and I should clarify, uh, five innings worth of relievers. They only use three relievers, but you're trying to cover five in- innings right. worth of relief pitching. So it's too much. So if you tell me, and I know that Emilio Pagan, uh, he wasn't, he didn't give up a runner. He wasn't credited with giving up a run. Or did he give up one of the uh, one of the no, he Moran didn't. runs? Either way, like if you're telling me, all right, I'm going to have to because I'm pulling Sonny Gray, right? I have to use four innings of Pagan and Lopez. Well, good luck not giving up crooked numbers yeah. with those guys right now. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. Sometimes the thinking, and then like pinch hitting for Kirilov and Lewis, and leaning so heavily on on the the lefty righty splits like there there is a human element to this that just doesn't get considered sometimes but well anyways how, how about this one last night and i know it was again righty righty lefty lefty but solano has been hitting the crap out of the ball of, of late and and to get um a lefty against the righty you pinch hit for him with kepler again like, if you've got a lights out, just crushing it, left-handed batter, go for it. That's great. But what is Max Kepler doing that deserves him to be like, you're the guy? That's what I, I don't understand about this. I know. And and is that spreadsheet? Is that just a, a – like, I, I'm sometimes confused. I feel, I feel like we blame – I feel like it's gotten to the point of analytics is the devil for everything now. Right? What do you mean? Well, we just it's blame a it. It's we, a we, yeah, we scapegoat it. We arbitrarily, if we don't like a decision by the twins now, it's analytics ruled that. And sometimes it's very, very true. I'm not debating that. But mm-hmm. I am debating, is it always the scapegoat? Is Sonny Gray being pulled? That's that's a gut feeling, too, at 79 pitches. Yeah, he's being he's being pulled because it's kind of, yeah, it's actually kind of an old school, I mean, maybe there were some, Maybe there are some data points involved. I'm sure there it are. It might be like, third time through, yeah. But we see him. He's not. He's not. Uh, he doesn't have great command, and he's about to hit the third time through the lineup or whatever it is. You know. Um, let's see here. Jeff in Arkansas chimes in. The reason the Twins aren't hitting well is because their uniform says Twin Cities instead of Twins. 
I actually like those Twin I Cities uniforms. Too. I had no problem with those. Uniforms. As a St. Paul kid, yeah, who always thinks, you know, and I get Minneapolis, St. Paul. There's always we know who the bigger brother is of those two cities. I love them. I think they look great. I agreed. Yeah, I, I just like the font, the color. I mm-hmm. I think I'd love if those were just the primary home yeah. uniforms. To be honest, I miss the the baby blues from the seventies and eighties oh, yeah. that they brought back. Yeah, with the um, red helmet. The red yeah. Hat too. yeah, but I and I love those. I think beyond that, you guys, I think almost every jersey that they have now is an improvement on last year. I'm trying to think of another jersey beyond the baby blue. Those dark blue ones sucked. Like, they look like every other single team. The red ones look look like the team was sponsored by Dairy Queen. (laughs) Yeah, those ones are bad. Hey, where where are we at on the hats now? The the ones that look like the Marlins logo. Yeah, I don't like those. I still don't like that hat. But I I don't hate them. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not like. I'm indifferent. Going to stomp on it, but I'm definitely not going to buy one. <laughs> the TC is good though, and I and oh, like TC's the great. white. Except for, have you guys seen a few of the helmets? Javier Vasquez has so much pine tar and crap that you could barely see the, the white part of it now. It's it just funny. nothing but smeared pine tar. Actually, old school. Baseball. By the way, we will get to shortly here. Lawyer Chase has a ruling mm. on the controver- on Judd's controversial appeal on right that down from Wednesday. This will be binding. Yep, Lawyer Chase, he does have a ruling, so we will get to that. Let's see. Travis Beach says, "I can't wait for Judd to rip on Willie Castro for missing the Gatorade bath a couple nights ago after Carlos Correa's walk off." Please ask Judd why he despises Willie Castro so much. Willie Castro. You do Have rip on him? Willie Castro, yeah. When? I don't even recall saying a crossword like about him. I feel like you have. I feel like you've made... The only thing I said is Michael Taylor should be in center field most of the time, which he seems to be of late, and that the need to play Castro out there I don't get. If he's starting. If he mm-hmm. is coming in like last night, it's fine. But I don't think... I, I mean, he's a versatile player. He is a he is a quintessential TK Guardy twin. I I like Willie he Castro. He battles his tail off. He's already all shattered yeah. his previous career high in no. stolen bases too. He's got 13 stolen bases. I don't hate him at all. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. I did defend Taylor. I recall this now, but it was not but I am not saying that I have anything. Sports Dad has nothing against him. You go, Willie. You know, if you want to watch Judd's favorite player Willie Castro run around the bases, play all the positions, be a hustle guy. Get that uniform dirty. Twins.com slash tickets. We're in the middle of the longest homestand of the year. And the longest homestand you could probably concoct on a schedule. It's a 10-game homestand. So uh, there's tickets available. Old Macadac was at the ball yard last night just kind of hopping night. I love to get tickets and just not sit in my seat. Yeah. And just, just go hang out. Go hang out at the Walk different around. bars and different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Little good time. Joe Ryan. On the hill tonight, folks. You can go see this guy. Oh, look at that bobble. Uh-huh. Is that real hair? Or is that it's this is a good plastic. one? Is that real hair? No, it's plastic. Plastic. No, okay. I hope not. That'd be gross. I don't need <laughs> you have hair. to wash oh. it. Yeah. yeah twins.com slash tickets. That's twins.com slash tickets. Also, before we get to uh, more of your feedback here, a shout out to the Power Lodge and Miller Marine. So yeah, these Bennington pontoons that we keep showing you on the YouTube channels are just gorgeous. You can find Anything really you're looking for to put on the water at locations in Brainerd, Onami, and Ramsey for Power Lodge and Miller Marine in St. Cloud, Judd. Ooh, look at this. We got new look at this, uh, new new beer. Beer. Oh, this Look at that. You can jump off. I, There's oh, me. Oh, <laughs> no, no, that's me. 
That's me. Look at how comfortable that is. You know what? There's Declan. Yep. <laughs> Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray needs to take a day off and get in his Bennington, go to Power Lodge and go up north and get out on the water and just relax. Throttle therapy can help a pitcher or it can help you. Look at that. That's nice. Yeah. Sonny Gray needs to clear his mind, maybe. Mm-hmm. Clear the mechanism. Pop, pop, clear the mechanism. Powerlodge.com and millermarine.com get on one of those bennington pontoons all right let's see here let's get to the ruling let's, let's get to it. the ruling yeah, guys let's do it okay let's do it so we had some controversy on write that down the other day where and, I'll, and let me pull up my notes here so judd you well, predicted no oh, i don't know about no. that no i can explain it fine no, the defendant can't take the stand yet no i mean That's i guess no. we could you know we could give you the defendant you. let me let me just give the audience what your prediction was. Okay. And then you can explain and then but your explanation is going to really have no bearing cuz lawyer right. Chase the has ruled make, regardless just, of your okay. If people have didn't hear the show on Wednesday, I just want to help them out. So you said the Lynx will lose two of their next 3 games by next week's write that down. Yep. So this is this is the week preceding Wednesday. So Wednesday to Wednesday leading up to so June 7th through June 14th. And you said the Lynx will lose two of their next three games by next week's write that down. Well, one of their games in New York got canceled because Canada can't find water to put out their fires, apparently. Very wrong. And so go ahead. Don't take too long because we do have a ruling here, but yeah. speak your piece for a moment. I said on Wednesday when I argued for the case that I that thankfully went to the Supreme Court of Score North and Judge Chase in this case. I said that it was an act of God in the fires that didn't allow me to get that third game. And I argued, and I argued that it should be not correct. It was not correct that it should be null and void. The ruling. Okay. Here's Lawyer Chase's ruling. Yeah. Do we have a judge? He's the judge. He's the judge, Chase. Okay, Lawyer Chase says, on June 7th, 2023, Judd predicted that the Lynx would lose two of their next three games by June 14th. Later that week, the Canadian wildfires forced the Lynx to cancel their game in New York. Rather than accept the prediction as incorrect, Judd contested that the prediction deserved special treatment. The prediction was ruled incorrect, and Judd appealed. On appeal... A prediction is assessed through the lens of a plain language analysis. A plain language analysis determines the validity of a prediction by looking at the statement's words, not content. This is true even when an unforeseeable and severe event renders the prediction impossible to occur. For instance, the COVID-19 pandemic caused many sports to cancel their seasons. As a result, many of the 2020 predictions on Write That Down became incorrect, including one of Judd's predictions where he stated that Byron Buxton would play in 140 games that season. Mm -hmm. And the precedent was Byron Buxton did not play in 140 games because there weren't enough games for him to play in. That was a stupid prediction on my part. Buxton would ever play in 140 games. (laughs) Okay. Yet there are instances where a prediction must be void rather than incorrect. A prediction is void when the traditional notions of fair play and justice of write that down are violated. For example, if a prediction was entered incorrectly, meaning that it was not stated by the predictor, the prediction must be void. 
In another example, if a predictor is severely pressured or influenced to make a certain prediction, the prediction must be void. Here, Judd's prediction is incorrect. The prediction did not occur since the Lynx did not have the opportunity to lose two out of their next three games. This notion is consistent with the COVID-19 pandemic rulings from 2020's Write That Down season. It's a good point. I didn't think of that. Past cases. In effect, it is within the rules and parameters of Write That Down. Further, there was no mistake or duress surrounding Judd's prediction. As such, the prediction is incorrect, and thus the judgment is affirmed. Clung, clung. Thank you, Chase. No, I will abide by that. I will abide by that, and that's a great ruling. I love this Super Nintendo version of the Law and Order theme. It's what? very, it's very like sixteen bit. <laughs> doesn't it like you, it just feels like a Super Nintendo. It doesn't doesn't oh. sound it sounds like it sounds like bit rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Like one of your old speakers in your mom and dad's bedroom is like gone out on the left side, so that's what it sounds like, dude. All right, so there it is. Well, Judge. Are you going to? Are you going to try to appeal to a higher court? Is there a higher court? There's no you higher court. To... Okay. I don't think there is one. I think once so you chase tough. rules, it, it's done. And he has a very good point. So, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I did pull open just for context here, too, because I, I, I do have all the historical predictions. So I'm, I'm looking at the 2020 folder right now. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. Like, for instance, so there's that Byron Buxton prediction. You also had another one in 2020. You said the Twins, you said Jose Barrios will start the opener against the Athletics. Uh, I'm sorry, Jose Barrio will win the Twins opener in Oakland. Okay. But then the season got paused and rearranged, and the opener actually happened against the White Sox on July 24th. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so that prediction was deemed incorrect. So there's, there is precedent here. That we nope, must no, abide by. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You tried to you tried to circumvent really the the laws of write that down. Kind of scary. If we didn't have this framework set up mm-hmm. as a write that down entity, that been just, just so anyone January sixth like, to write yeah. that down <laughs> could have been. Let's st- storm the studios. <laughs> <Let's> storm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the flag! Are you <laughs> saying that I was sitting there watching the watching the write that down, you know, freedoms burn and applauding it? You can oh, see man. all the write that down d- documents in my bathroom right now. <laughs> Just <laughs> boxes, 
boxes of write that down documents. You know what, Chase? Thank you very much. Mitchell Smith says, we all know it's tough being a Minnesota sports fan, so much so that it has leaked into the fiction world. And then he takes us on a tour through Minnesota sports fictional heartbreak, such as in 1994 in Little Big League, where the Twins, under the leadership of 12-year-old Billy Haywood, were able to claw back from four games down with four games to go to force a one-game playoff against King Griffey Jr. and Randy Johnson, only to lose in extra innings. How about 1999 when the football team from Minnesota loses in the conference championship game against Willie Beeman and the Miami Sharks? (laughs) The one that takes the cake would be the Tom Clancy novel from 1991, The Sum of All Fears, in which the Vikings make the Super Bowl only for terrorists to detonate a nuclear bomb during the game. Maybe what needs to happen is for someone to create a book or a movie about a team from Minnesota winning a championship before it could happen in real life. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, we, we've we got that, right? The Ducks. Didn't the Mighty Ducks come back and win their championship? But they're not, but they're not that's an NHL team. That, 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 that's a kid's it's like team. A, it's like, dis, it's I'm just like trying a district to look. hockey I, it's team. It's Friday. I'm trying to look at something from a positive lens, okay? <laughs> I love, uh, this isn't Minnesota related, but in Dark Knight Rises, the last of the Christopher Nolan and Christian Bane versions of Batman, uh, Bane blows up a football field. And uh, it's Heinz Ward running the kick return back, and he's the only one that lives. So I don't know what's more improbable, a football stadium exploding or Heinz Ward towards the end of his career returning a kick for a touchdown. I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, why was he back there returning that kick? It's kind of weird. Morgan Haas says, I really wish Carl Anthony Towns would stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting hammered this week, man. Oh, well, because guess what? The comment about Denver is now took off last night. Totally. It did. It's People, all I think, went through the rest of that thing and were like, oh, my God. What else did he say? Winning a play-in game was better, was more important than the Nuggets. He has always annoyed me, but this last week especially so. And his words are tanking his trade value, shining a light on him not being a winning player and being out of touch. He won't be remembered as a player that changed the game. He'll be remembered for being a waste of talent, a unicorn that lacked emotional intelligence to control himself or lead others, and an arrogance that led him to deciding he didn't need to develop the rest of his game, including specifically on defense. He will never win a championship in Minnesota. Cat needs to be dealt to have a chance to reset his mentality elsewhere. It's weird. I ne- we didn't really touch on the fact that these comments could hurt his trade value. Like we obviously broke them down in the the stupidity that they that that they were said, but. I didn't really think of the fact that it could potentially also hurt his trade value to a degree too. Well, is there any way that you would, let's say you're the GM of, think about these teams we're talking about, Portland or Houston, whatever other teams, the Knicks. I mean, if you're if you're the Knicks, at least like Tom Thibodeau and is it Leon Rose, like they already know who he is. So th- like these comments would have no bearing one way or the other. If the Knicks want Towns, they're not going to be like, oh, he said some weird stuff on a podcast. But if you're the Blazers or the Rockets, is there any way that these comments help the leverage in a trade discussion? I don't think so. And I think that, look, I I think that the fact most teams are aware that this is a quirky player and an odd duck. But, I mean, it does, just to Declan's point, it does call to light again, right? Like, you really, like, how can you even say this stuff? And I'm telling you. He's with his buddy Pat Bev, and he quits. Like he quits processing. Everyone's going to hear this. It's like I'm talking to 
a journalist at this point. Yeah. But yeah, it, it doesn't help him. Like it was some crazy stuff. Here's so. some reckless cat speculation for you guys from Sam. Reckless Sam Doroff. Would you trade Carl Anthony Towns straight up for Zion Williamson? Oh, no, 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 so. no, no, no. I'm not. T- I would not touch Zion at this Dude, point. He's no. He's a, there's a lot too of much. rumblings out there. He's still only 22 years old, but I know there's too much though. It's They're both much. under contract for like five more. Let me just see here. So Zion signed the super max. It's a little less than cats, but, but uh, yeah, he, so you'd get five years of Zion starting at 33 million up to 44 million. Well, I, I guess you get five, you doing that five contractual years out of Zion. I don't know how many games he would play right. in those five years. I'm not doing He's so good and so talented. He's played 114 games in four years. Yeah. yeah no. Got some off-the-court issues, too. I'm, I'm steering clear of this. Or options. He's got off-the-court options. options. Yeah, there, there's a different word. Although there. Yeah, she's options. not happy with Zion. If you think the Pelicans aren't pleased with Zion. Feels like a forgetting Sarah Marshall situation, which yeah. we're going yeah. to review. I mean, whew, Twitter's really, really hurt. Him. I think if you're the Pelicans, now, obviously, like if you decided you were going to trade Zion, you probably get you probably get a better package of things you could you could probably get like a top five pick or something if you wanted to get cheaper but sure the to me the pelicans would do that if this was if it was either keep zion or trade zion for carl anthony towns yep. and that team is ready to win now if they can just like they were they were the number one or number two seed in the west when he got injured mm-hmm. and then they kind of tanked right mm-hmm. so i just don't know if, no. if you're if you could guarantee me 60 games a year and he would be available in the playoffs i would make this trade 10 times out of 10 but here we are. Yeah, I'm out. Not doing that. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, JR Stating actually has a... It's a question about Judd's movie preferences, and uh, we're going to have it sponsored by Finch Home Solutions. So before we ask you a, a personal movie preference question here, tell the audience about our friends at Finch Home Solutions. No relation to Chris. I most certainly will, and and it's not Chris, but it's Cody and his team is... Those of you watching this can see right now with that beautiful purple and Viking colored van that's going to pull up in front of your house and take care of all of your problems from an electrical standpoint, because that's what Finch Home Solutions does. So like flickering light outlet problems inside, let's say you got storm damage outside, Finch can do it all projects, uh, small projects, large, they will take care of of all of those problems. They are fast. They are efficient. They are courteous. They will talk Vikings football with you as well because they love the purple. I mean, Finch is the perfect, perfect place to call for any electrical needs. What if you don't have anything you need done in your home? You're just looking for a friend to talk 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 football with. Nobody loves the Vikings like (laughs) Cody. He might just drop by and talk football that's a business idea here yeah what if what if what if we just went around like a like a purple daily van and we just charge by the hour you want to come over and talk some football what if we got the finch van because the finch van is perfect (laughs) it's like an old school when they roll up and they take the pledges that's just like the pantyhose in their face and everything (laughs) with the string tied to their actually you know what what if we went on the calls with finch and while while these home projects are being done we sit down at the kitchen table and we enjoy some just hot Viking steaks because I know personally. <laughs> well, Cody fixes your uh, electrical anywhere. system. I got some thoughts in. on the Vikings quarterback situation. And he'll chime in too. A business idea that is fantastic. Yes, Finch. 
you can reach them 612-357-2604 finchhomesolutions.com finchhomesolutions.com they are the best in the business jr stating asks this question did judd have a bad relationship with his father how can you not like field of dreams you know here's the weird thing so when it came out i didn't see it for a few years and then when i finally saw it i think the hype had been so big about how hard you you would cry and weird things make me cry that i actually was disappointed um part of my problem is this and it's very particular costner in that role didn't do a lot for me like crash davis i thought he was great like the you know beleaguered old baseball catcher mm-hmm. lifetime minor league player for whatever reason i've never thought that his character of ray, i think it was ray right um mm-hmm. in field of dreams it never moved me that much i think if, if it had been a different actor my response might have been different but field of dreams by the time i saw it i had been told oh unbelievable right unbelievable baseball film it just didn't get to me don't know why you know so it came out when i was like seven years old so when i was a kid i wanted action like i wanted right. that's why i loved movies like rookie of the year where the kid has a yeah. bionic arm and like, the whole movie is him like pitching and stuff yeah yep i thought as a kid that field of dreams was a baseball movie with like baseball action Oh, sure. so so around that time, I like Little Big League because there's montages of guys turning double plays, and I'm watching actual baseball. Major League, there's a ton of baseball action. Major League too, right? As a kid, yeah, Field of Dreams didn't have enough baseball for me. Well, yeah, you're, you having, were, you're having a catch behind home plate. That's not enough baseball. And action at that point me. in time, you you and your dad like like you don't feel about your dad then like you do now. So like that's hard too. Um, but I will, I will say this around the same time that that came out, I want to say a Ted Danson film and a Ted Danson. Okay. This is weird. Called dad called dad came out. And I was a puddle during that film. I was an absolute mess. So it's Danson. I think it's when you watch films and I think it's also the context probably, but, um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I still think that field of dreams is fine but it does not move me nearly as much as it does most men. Okay. Wow. Yeah, Ted, boy, boy, dad, Jack Lemon, Ethan Hawke, Kevin Jack Spacey. Jack Lemon what was a the dad. Freaking cast. It left me, I mean, I was a puddle. I was an absolute freaking puddle. <laughs> we'll have to check that out when I'm looking for, uh, you know, just if like you want a good cry, an emotional roller coaster, maybe it's on old Saturday. now, so I don't know that it, it would still, it, it might be a little bit dated by this point, but at that time, oh my God. Yeah. Toy Story 3 type of crying. Oh, good. Yeah, sign me right up. Sign me right up. Heaving. I was heaving. <laughs> All right, that's the end. That's the end of our feedback Friday here on Score North YouTube channel. Please click the subscribe button and the like button if you could to help us spread the word. And uh, yeah, our so on. Um, you can find it on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed, and also on the movie rewinds or movie reviews with Mackie and Judd podcast feed. A deep dive into forgetting Sarah Marshall this week for your weekend listening. Thanks for hanging.